going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and today we're talking more ChatGPT. I know probably a handful of people are sick of it, but it's still exciting. And I have a guest today, Pankil Shaw, who is the co-founder over at Outranking.io. So we're going to talk about some best practices and some prompts that we can use as people that are interested in SEO, getting more traffic. Maybe you're a writer, maybe you hire writers, but generally you're publishing online in some capacity. So Pankil, how's it going today? Very good. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Doug. It's a pleasure. Of course. Yeah. So I'm excited to dig into some details and I'm new to the AI area. I shrugged it off for a couple of years, started to get into it a little bit more, and then ChatGPT really got me excited. So I've been really diving in and looking at creating content, but also secondary use cases that make sense to me. And that's where I really got excited. But a lot of people don't know who you are, Pankill. So I want to know a little bit about your background. So tell us about yourself. So it's good. My, my name is Pankil Shah, and uh, I'm one of the co-founders with Outranking. Outranking is an SEO content writing platform that leverages AI in many ways, right? But don't like calling ourselves like an AI writing tool. It's an SEO writing tool with the data and facts and insights at the forefront of it. And I, we really launched Outranking about a year and a half ago. And before that, that was leading growth marketing for an enjoy. So that's where we got the SEO stuff. And before that, I had a failed startup, so college, right? Like before that, you'd learn a little bit more from that as well. But here comes you. I have tons of experience in creating content strategy and leading big teams to create content to scale. And that's what we were doing, but in just a very developers-oriented area. I ended up the previous company that I worked for. And taking that knowledge and stuff that we'd learned over there, we had outranking from it. So that's pretty much the short story. And cool. uh, yeah, here we are. And how many years were you doing the like growth marketing stuff for enterprise level? Five years of that. Before that, an extensive eight years of entrepreneurship. So I, another company that I exited after, before, right before I joined this previous company that I was working with, which was like three years. But yeah, so the previous company was like, it was a learning management system for, for developing countries with focus on improving learning outcomes. So we exited that. And then I joined Enterprise DP where I was doing the growth marketing for very technical database oriented product, doing growth marketing for that and helping create content and stuff like that. So we did that for approximately three years and then joined. And then I created Outranking. Got it. Interesting. And it's cool. Oftentimes you hear someone's story and it's like there's a couple of false stars, a failed startup, some things where you were just, you were trying to figure it out. Maybe you didn't know exactly what to do or what you were doing or what you were trying to do. And then things come together after a few years. So it's cool to hear that. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Once it's a, everything you do is a learning, right? And you just improve. So Outranking is a year and a half old, you said. So I'm curious, like when you were getting started, what was it like? What were the first couple versions like? Oh my God, they were like, yeah, they look like crap. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> they look so bad and they probably looked inspired by a thousand other products out there and whatsoever, no individuality. But one thing that worked was the concept that we were after, right? Like we were after research writing and we were after SEO writing to the core. So we stick to that and then we kept improving the product as we got more and more feedback. But it was, what was interesting is that we really wanted to launch a small product that maybe we thought 200 people will use every now and then. And uh, it'll just be a nice hobby to have while we all have our full-time jobs and things like that. And then I don't know what we thought, let's do a small LTD, see if people are interested to try this product. And all of a sudden we had a few thousand users. That's what got us interested and motivated us to build the product out further and do where we are. Like it's like the 10th version of where we started, right? Like it's, yeah, what we started was very rudimentary. Now we have something which is more refined to the workflows of how people should be using AI in their, in their writing process. And not just a using to spin up the content and things like that. So a platform has evolved and we're now trying to address the fact that you need to use AI in some form of workflow. And no matter what you do in form of writing, it's just how you use it, right? That's all it comes down to. That's a great segue to 
like best practices. We'll talk about some specific prompts and stuff like that. But the way I want to bridge it is expectations for using AI. So I know when I first heard about Jarvis back in the day, now it's Jasper, people were saying, oh, it'll be able to write like full blog posts. Like I heard all these promises and that really turned me off. They were promising way too much. And that's marketers for you. As a marketer (laughs) myself, like that's what we do. It's a little hyperbole. And when I got in and played with some of the tools, it was just garbage and you really couldn't do much with it. And it was definitely not even close to any of the promises I heard. So I moved on thinking, hey, sometime it'll get a little better. So I'll ask you, what expectations should we have? We're talking in early 2023. So things are going to shift. These tools are going to change. It's going to get better. Things are just going to be a little better for us as users and easier to use for certain use cases. So what expectations should we have in 2023? So 2023, right? I, I think in form of expectations, instead of giving a general idea, if you break down the expectation into two sets of categories, one is where you do creative writing. And well, there's always going to be creative writing for informative, factual, and research-based writing as well. But I'm just, for the sake of simplicity, I'm putting them in a two different category. And the expectations for both of this category, they're quite different. If you are generating just creative content, it's going to be much more easier. It's going to learn how to really understand what you're giving it and be able to do those creative writing. But when it comes to factual and research and informative content that will need expertise, that, that need to show that this was written by an expert, right? That's what you'd want to convey. And if you're trying to do that, your hands are a bit of cap. So not saying that you cannot use still AI, right? Like you can still use AI and you can do a lot of things, but it comes with additional baggage, which many people thought that they'd get rid of, but not really. And then there's another set of challenges that arise from this set of this new direction of AI is that you're going to have to learn how to use the tools and how to write, right? Let me give you a very quick example. So you're writing an introduction for a blog post about 10 places to visit in Madrid, Spain. Oh, great. You give that same instruction to a writer and ask them to write it. And we'll try it with 10 writers, I would say. Everyone will have a different version of one will have evidence, facts, and information that makes it more appealing. One will have a hook that makes it nice to read, but not really in depth. And then there will be a 10 other different versions of it, right? So what happens is that these different versions are created by humans because the set of instructions that you give are very general, right? And so now you can expect the same thing out of an AI. If you ask it to create an introduction for a blog post about 10 places to visit in Madrid, what you're going to get is the general introduction that could go anyway, right? There's a hundred, there's like endless to a million possibilities out there. So what you need to now reinvent is your writing style, form of a conversation that is deep enough to be worthwhile to have one with an AI. Right, that's where you're going to lean to it. When you say that AI is going to do this wonderful things and it's going to write these amazing introductions, that it's going to get everyone to go to the second paragraph, that's not true. Yes, it's possible to do that, provided it, you give enough instructions and lead it in the right way. It's not going to do the thinking the way you want it. So this is the challenges going further in 2023, and I think those challenges will still be there because. Nothing like you can train an AI, you can train somebody to work and think about certain things in a specific way. But as soon as you put them outside of that, it becomes very difficult, right? That's still going to be there. So in 2023, I'd say we can expect the AIs to get smarter. They will be, they will have the ability to ingest a lot more information, but you cannot expect the AI to do new thinking or develop its own opinions of what are facts and things like that, which are like true of nature. So like net new idea, it's going to be possible in 2020, right? It's going to be an evolution till we get there. So till then we're left with data that it was trained on. That means it doesn't have your expertise or net new knowledge that you might have, right? So you are going to have to learn how to convey this knowledge that you have in form of prompts to AI. So you can do heavy lifting of copywriting, building out paragraphs with that knowledge in it, with information that you need in it very easily. And that's what prompt writing. 
right? Again, many of those will lack facts and figures, but you can guide it to give you a little better information. I think that's what I'm expecting in 2023 is where majority of this writing will be driven by conversations that you can have with an AI and get it to give you what you want. And I know have several thoughts based on that so we can go back and forth. So number one, I know the this chat format like chat gpt has shown us here it's a little bit more usable where you can get output and then tweak it from there where i know when i was using some tools in the past it was like you you put in your input and you got output that wasn't right maybe you even had a couple versions to choose from and then you would have to go back and tweak the original and then try again instead of tweaking you were just like let's try again for more random output And it was hard to dial it in. The second thing that I'm thinking about is many SEOs, so I'll I'll classify the audience here, we're SEOs, we're publishing content online. We have a website typically. Sure, there's some other folks doing some maybe social media posts or something, but primarily we want to rank in Google and that's the goal. So when we're thinking about that, when we're thinking about AI tools, where it's just give it a title and then we get an output, let's say that does work. Let's say it does produce something great. All of a sudden, the barrier to entry is extremely low and your competition level is really high. So where does that leave us? And then you have to, what you're saying, Pink Hill, you have to put in your own thoughts and your own experience and your own little stories. Otherwise, every like the barrier to entry is so low everything is generic. It's just a commodity and then the value is gone. So Absolutely. who cares? Absolutely, right? I, and think about it. So these products are like more and more accessible to many people. And this means that what they were not thinking before is like, I cannot write. Now they can write. So they're like, okay, let me write tons and tons of garbage, right? And then let's post it online. And what's going to happen is like more and more generic content will float out there. People will be prone to easily identify what's quality, what's not as this tech matures as they read more and more content, as we swallow this content on social social media where everything is so flashy and so much more hype, hype, right? like it's called. And it's going to happen. You are going to be easily able to understand what's quality, what's original and what's not. Even though if you're not able to do it right now, I think without AI detectors, you'll be able to detect this going further. Just adapt to that. And if that happens, then that means you have to have original thoughts for it to stick, for people to stick on that page and read your information. So it it needs original thoughts. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. It's not going to float without that. I'm going to attempt an analogy here. It may fall flat, but I'm going to I'm going to run with it. I believe if I have my history, so there was manufacturing steam engine days, right? So the steam engines were running everything. They had to set up factories in a certain way so the steam could power the machinery. Then there was like mechanical developments. Maybe it was electricity. Maybe I think it would probably was electricity and some other devices to mechanize everything. They had the technology, this new technology, and they tried to use the old steam engine setup, right? The steam powered setup, but they didn't have to set it up that way. They could change it but they were still using the old paradigm of like steam engines. So I think we're in that state right now where we have a new technology. We're trying to figure out how to use it in the old way. It's going to be crazy for a few years probably, but I think when people figure out how to use AI properly, or at least in a different sort of paradigm shift idea, then you'll have like huge step forwards versus we're trying to incrementally write a little bit faster just like everyone else. I don't have a question, but any thoughts on that? Yeah, like everyone before they start like running, they start crawling. And I think we are in that crawling space where we're learning how to crawl a little faster. And then it's going to be something significantly that just leads up to that. But yeah, like my major concern, at least for the next few years or the next decade is that whether we'll be able to create an AI that can generate new thoughts. If that happens, then everything changes. But I don't think that's happening in the next few years, at least. We have plenty of milestones to achieve in that crawling phase before we can get there. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. So we talked about expectations. Let's get into some of the best practices. And 
There's a couple areas that I'll leave it open for you, but we'll say someone's writing the content themselves. That's one area, or they might be hiring people. So I'll leave it open and I'll leave you the floor here so that you can fill in some of those best practices on how to use AI. And we can, if possible, we'll just focus like chat GPT, that sort of chat genre. Sounds good. I think when the best way to use SEO for SEO writing chat GPT would be for the creative writing part and for things that might take a little more time or where you already have a thought process going. For me, it does not quite work for outlines or for titles because it's more data-driven approach, right? Like you're looking at tons of different information before you're creating that, especially for SEO. So you can do some quick outlining, right? Write me a five-chapter outline on something or whatever. That's very simple and very easy to do. And many people are doing that already, but I'm telling you, many people are not going to rank around that either, right? That Those are the things that will need data points or like entities and things to, or a good understanding of what users are looking for before you craft those outlines. But you take that in and then now you're creating an intro. Now, here's where you can definitely use ChatGPT3, right? Like ChatGPT, you can... Ask it to create a, create a very creative hook or something that entices the users, right? Create me an introduction that entices the users in the tone for a persona. All of that works pretty well. You can even ask it to mention a few facts, right? Or you can go and later add some facts into it. But from a generation point of view, you need to think, when you're doing creative writing, you need to think about, we need to remember this one thing very particularly is that it's not factual, right? You're going to have to go and edited and do this. But that's why introductions work very well. You need to be creative. And often that's where the block is, right? Like for the writers, right? You can be creative, just not right now when you need me to be, right? That Those are the places where you can go and quickly spin up an introduction that you can then add your thoughts and modify and ask it to give you a little better details by providing it a little more details. That's definitely one place you should use it. Where I see a major chunk of information happening or major chunk of writing happening is in, is in this particular phase where you have the information. Let's say you're writing about a service page or a product page. You have the information. You just don't know how to present it in a very fashionable manner that passes all the grammars and it looks absolutely phenomenal to everyone, right? Those are the best ways to do it. So you can provide it a source, right? Like you can, hey, this is the source, right? And then you can say now, I want you to write pros and cons based on this text, right? Or pros and cons in an expanded manner based on this detail, right? Those are the kinds of prompts will work the best. Understanding a pro and a pros and cons of a product from looking at the features and reviews is very difficult for a writer. They have to understand a lot of details and then contemplate and then write around it, right? The AI can do this very well. So I think this would be a phenomenal place where you can Grab a bunch of information, right? And say, hey, help me create pros and cons of a particular product based on this text. Right? That's very useful. This, okay, then let's say you're creating an argumentation, right? Like between you're writing, why should you visit blank as one of the best hikes in Europe? You're writing an argumentation. It, it's written in a certain way, right? Like it starts with supporting the facts with an evidence and things like that. So many people who are like learning how to write, write better. Or even our writers, they know what argumentation is, but when you come to crafting argumentation or a compare and contrast between HubSpot and MailChimp, it will take time because you are, you're devising this entire sentences and the way you're writing this thing in a particular manner. And that comes with a burden of you know, knowledge. I think ChatGPT can really help you fill in those gaps over there, provided you have some details. So. I see more and more of those happening for successful SEO writing and not more of, hey, write me a service page. And then in five minutes, I have it uploaded online and 10 minutes is ranking. It's not going to happen. That's not what I'm leaning towards. What I'm leaning towards is value-added writing where you've done a little bit of research and you can be sure go and ask a little bit of research from chat GPT to help you brainstorm it out. But the value addition is going to be done by you. So you want to use a little bit of AI, a little bit of you, combine that and create content from ChatGPT. So you can do this, obviously, right? Like you have a thread going on, so you can paste some information and then ref keep asking it to reference it again and again if you're writing certain things on it. And it has its limitations. And we're not going to get to the limitations, but you can do certain things like that with ChatGPT. And I think that's where 
majority of the burden will be lifted is I no longer have to know how to copyright things. I can copyright things based on any unstructured data, any unstructured research or information given by any of my clients, right? It doesn't really matter. I can do that effectively. And I think it's going to play a very important role for creative writers or for writers going further to learn how to craft this prompts because if you know this, then the work will be already 10 times better when it gets out. Combined with the knowledge and expertise that you have with what this can give you, it will be good. And to one of the earlier points on presenting arguments, this is a, a great thing that you can do. So you, you may have an article written or maybe it's something you've written in the past and you, you've presented basically your argument. But people may have counters, right? So they'll have objections as they're going through. This could be for a sales page, sales email, could be a blog post, but it's, it will almost always be a better piece of content if you could provide the opposing arguments. So you can ask ChatGPT, what are some opposing arguments that take a counter, basically a counter view? And then you can go ahead and answer them. You don't have to agree with them, but you could present them and answer them ahead of time which is very powerful because if you know the objections that the audience has and then you answer them, then you're seen as even more of an expert. Absolutely. And let me tell you like an example, like specific example over here. Let's say you're writing about HubSpot versus MailChimp and you're writing about specifically their campaign feature, right? Talking about specifically campaign feature. And when you want to compare that, you can ask ChatGPD, it'll give you a bunch of nonsense. It'll just give you something generic, right? It doesn't know the understanding of it. Provided you had given it a feedback and given information about MailChimp campaign feature, and you would have given it information about what you call HubSpot feature, and ask it to make a head-to-head comparison in form of a table. Now, imagine how much time that would take for a user to build out, right? That would take tons and tons of time, equal amount of research. And a more thought process going behind, like putting those tables and listing out information so they make sense in each column, right? Like these are the kind of things that a great researcher does. And if you use tools like GPD or Tranking, this can be the bridge to that. Like you can really use like these tools to craft content that will resonate with the audience better than what's out there already. Not it doesn't have to be necessarily always in form of information. But it could also be how it's presented, whether it's more digestible, whether it's more understandable, right? All of those come into picture. And I think tools like ChatGPT will help tremendously for the next few years with that. Okay. And I know I gave us the listeners that are out there, but I'm doing podcasts and YouTube often. And just what you're saying, it could just be information presented in a different format. So one thing that I did to make sure I didn't plagiarize anything I grabbed a transcript of a video that I created and then asked for a blog post based on the transcript. It was my own words, so there's no issue there. And it it wasn't perfect. There were a couple of mistakes, but it was pretty darn close, probably 95%. And I just, I published it as an experiment and I already had a YouTube video. So I just connected the two linked interlinked them. And that was a great way just to like, really quickly get a blog post out of a video that I wasn't planning on doing anything with, but it was very fast to do. It took three minutes or something like that. Absolutely. As opposed to crafting something like that would take hours. And it's definitely helpful in in, in doing this. One one very quick trick is don't try to write so much stuff. If GPT says write 3,000 words, it can read up to 3,000 words. But if later you get into your age, your memory starts diminishing, right? Like that applies to AI as well, right? So although the set expectation is 3,000 words, don't go that far, right? If you have data that's like 1,000 words or so, right? Like it's more concise. It's easy to digest and read through and reiterate. Come up with something meaningful very easily versus something that's so huge. So something to keep in mind, many people, when writing these prompts and when interacting with AI, think that it can read the journals (laughs) and it can read like a thousand pages and cross-communicate between my different threads and things like that in chat GPT. Not going to happen. At least not right now. It cannot read so much text and contemplate so much. Otherwise, you not need anything else. Yeah, I was trying to, I heard some of those stories too, and I was trying to figure out how to get more data 
into ChatGPT and you you can do a couple tricks. I actually started playing with Python just so I could like get some more data in to not to ChatGPT, but GPT-3. And you could do a little bit more stuff, but it's still limited, like you're saying. And just want to, you said about 3,000 words is like the cap for the tools generally. Yeah, so think about this, right? Like approximately 4,000 tokens are allowed in chat in GPT-3, right? If you think about it, like, that's no secret to anybody. So 4,000 tokens, give or take, right? Every word is four to five characters, right? Like counting spaces and things like that. It's approximately 3,000. That's what it's reading through. It's no science, right? It's the same as GPT-3. As you go in the order, like the more information is further away from my prompt, it becomes more and more difficult to contemplate every little details around it and then push it into front, right? So you need the right balance of the information going in versus coming out. Otherwise, it'll be both up. Okay. And then to that note, which you alluded to, so around a thousand words is a good sweet spot where it's a significant amount of data, but it's not too much where you're hitting that 3,000 word, 4,000 character or 4,000 token limit. Yep, absolutely. So think about this, right? So prompt, I like people who are creating prompts to create an entire blog post is the worst way to communicate with AI. If you want to communicate with AI, ask for specific things, smaller ask that are quantifiable, can be looked at like in a few seconds, right? And interpreted properly. And AI will do a phenomenal job at that. But you're asking it to write like 4,000, 3,000 or 1,000 words around something that's just so not so specific, it's going to give you what you give it, right? Yeah. Ask for a specific small ask and this prompt should be very specific, right? If you can, make the prompt as if it was a question, right? Like you're asking literally. So this is how I'd craft my question. I, although I'm writing a definition of content marketing, right? Like I would say, write a definition of content marketing, provide evidence how companies are using content marketing with statistics and and write maybe an example or a few examples of how content marketing has been used in some some platform or whatever that is. But that's very specific, right? I know exactly what I want out of it. And because I've given this explicit, explicit instructions, it'll give me that. Provided you have source, it could be even factual. Okay. And so one thing that I've found is you do a good job being specific and you get some output. It's pretty good, but let's say it's maybe 50% of what you want it to be. How do you follow up to build on top of a decent answer and make it better? So first thing first, right? With tools, there, there comes... Some, some backdrop as well with this, right? Like people are consistently on the lookout for that one perfect thing. And because that they have this mindset, they tend to keep iterating on the initial prompt, trying to get to that things, right? And then sometimes it ultimately takes you the same amount of time that you would have done this yourself. So let's not that be the total point. Like I've literally seen it, right? Like for, for the most, I don't want to say stupidest thing, but. I've seen people iterate, iterate, iterate for a thing that might not even need iterations, right? But, and that's why I suggest that you be specific with you. What you can do is take the feed. So let's say you wrote, give me pros and cons. Give me the list of pros and cons. It gave you the pros and cons, but it did not provide the explanation for each pros and cons. So you could edit the tweak, edit the, edit the prompt and say, give me pros and cons of certain thing and write explanation or a description for each pro and con. That's even more specific, right? Then, oh, you know what? I am writing for busy moms or I'm writing for a single dad. Let me write the emotional benefits to that particular audience, right? That's even more refinement, right? And then you can say, hey, write an ordered list or an unordered list, right? And it can do that. You can say, write a chronological list and, and it can do that, right? So you're being more and more specific and instructing how you would actually write it, right? I'm just not talking about writing words, but how you'd style it, how you'd write it, what the tone you'd use, right? Like you can give all of these data to a prompt and probably write a 150 character prompt. Doesn't really matter, right? Give it all sets of instructions and it can do a very good job in giving you exactly the output that you But that's how I would reiterate the process, right? Go back see what it did not give me and what I can adjust into my prompt so it can give me that. 
And most likely it's this term that you use, right? Like unordered list, ordered list, expanded items, right? Write an explanation specific to each point or a feature. You have to really tell it like a dumb person, right? Like otherwise it's not going to get it. Yeah, the dumber you treat it, the better output you'll get. I was doing a live stream earlier today and someone asked, which I, it's a valid question, but I want to get your take as an expert here. They said, I often see people use really good manners and they're very polite and they say, please and thank you to chat GPT. Do you think that's important? I can be rude and it'll still give me that. If I ask it the right questions, right? Come on. Yeah. You can be polite and have an expectation that it will reply to you politely. Right? You could be rude. I'm not saying it'll be rude to you. It's straight <laughs> not to be rude to you, right? But you get the point, right? No, please and thank you and blah, 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 just meaningless. Ask real questions, get real answers. This is not someone who's feeling the emotions and, oh my God, you told me please, so I'll do some extra. No, it doesn't <laughs> work like that. At least not in the, no, we've not created, we've not crafted any prompts that does no. <laughs> anything like that. Please, thank you. I think that that's a SaaS idea for someone to create the AI tool that actually gives better responses based on how polite you are. Maybe you could train your kids or something like that. I don't know. Some kind of reprogramming therapy. I don't know. This is very dystopian. I that totally makes sense, right? Like teach your kids how to be polite and they I can help you yeah. with that. Or, <laughs> no matter how rude you are to it, it'll be always polite. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, there's there's something to it. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's cheaper if you're polite. Like you can earn more tokens based on how polite you are to it or how mean. Maybe it's like an S&M thing, like totally flip on the other side. Okay. <laughs> now... I'm going to get some free personal advice in a second, but I do, I want to point out for everyone. So I have, it's like some AI resources. So I put together just free AI resources. I'll put a link in the description and I'm playing around with ChatGPT, some other tools. And I'm just, it's like loosely organized notes, my own personal notes and people can check them out. So I'm putting prompts in there. I'm doing some stuff. I have like project management skills. So I'm showing how maybe if you don't have PM skills, you could use a tool like ChatGPT or Outranking or something to get some details, maybe like what your team could look like if you want to hire a few people to write content or maybe a job listing that you could post on Upwork and just make your life a little easier. So I'll put a link to that so people can get to it. So the personal advice that I'm going to try and get from you here. So I'm writing a blog post, personally writing it myself. It's about sleep. In the last year and a half, I've improved my sleep from seven hours a night to eight and a half or so. It's amazing. I feel great. Hair's growing back. So many benefits, right? Now my hair's not really growing back, but I'm writing it myself and I'm going to use ChatGPT to help improve it. So what tips do you have on taking content that's already written and then using an AI tool to improve it? What can we do? Absolutely. So let's say you have decided on the track of your content, right? How to improve your sleep in maybe, let's say, five, six, seven steps, right? Well, it's probably a step post, I'm guessing, right? Like giving like exact recommendations on what things you can do to improve your sleep. That's how it is probably going to be structured. If that's the case and you've already defined your section on how you're going to progress into the content, right? And you and adjusting to that, you have some notes that you have for each of this, right? You can take that, paste it into chat GPT and write a prompt, say, using the above information, this is what I want to write. This is how I want to write. This is the tone that I want to write in. And this is my ideal persona, for example, right? And let's say, write it out. And then it can rewrite this thing into a structured paragraph with structured thoughts, right? Build out this paragraph. You can use the entire piece of content that you have written as, as a source information and ask, query it again and again to give you that data and write around it. That's absolutely fine. I think you would be easily able to use that. If it's not that long form of a text, you can also maybe divide it into one or two parts and ask it to write six parts of your blog, like automatically that you can then go and revisit and edit and do something around it. But I would say feed that facts or feed that knowledge that you have gathered in some form of source as background data and then write from it. This is the only way to create content as you go for 
things that only you know and not asking AI to come up with his own thoughts. Yeah, it, it should be fairly simple. Like This is the methodology that we have built our training on. So if you search for Nuna Baby Courier on, let's say, for example, chat GPT-3 and you're writing about it, it's not, it doesn't have the latest facts and figures and things like that. It's not, it's not connected to the internet, right? And what we do is we find this information from the web, not from one source, but it can be like up to 10 or 12 sources as background research automatically, and then help you write around it, like in whatever prompt style that you've given it, right? And that's possible. So the same principle applies to you as well, right? Like when you have certain information already with you, you can use that, you can paste it into ChatGPT and ask it to be treated as background research when you're writing any of this content and it will just use it as a resource, right? You can keep asking it questions and those questions and the answers are based on them and it will do that. It's totally fine. But again, asking for an answer, don't ask it to write, what, how do I, how do I get better sleep? Be specific with it. How do I get sleep? What are the considerations that I need to take in place and things like that? So you have to be very, very specific to generate that quality. Otherwise, it's just general talk. Like it will be detected by AI very easily. If, many times, like when you pass this thoughts to it, it's not AI detected because it's very easy to break that pattern that AI builds out if your original thoughts went in creating that. Perfect. And I know I have the sections built out already, and there's a couple that are very, I guess, they're different from each other this way. They're different sections. So one's like environmental, another's behavioral, and there's like very specific data in there. So I think like it's a no-brainer that it, it would not be like AI detected because it's literally, the thing I want help with is, are there redundant thoughts in there? Can I make this more concise? Is there a cleaner way to write this sentence? That kind of stuff versus I don't need to add any more stuff because I already put everything that I did and I don't want to put things that I didn't do. I, I may add that later where I'm like, ah, I didn't go that route because that doesn't apply to me. And I'll give you a chance here. So you mentioned outranking a little bit so let's say, and I will be very thorough with this particular blog post. So I'm going to take the route of ChatGPT to help improve it a little bit. So if I used outranking as another level of perfection that I'm seeking with this article, what would it do? What would that workflow look like? So when the workflow would look a little different, right? ChatGPT is like you're having a conversation with it and you're getting information, but it's not research. And everything in what you want to try and rank for is research, right? So th there's significant thoughts and process and optimization went behind it, right? So what the workflow looks like is that you have your outlines, right? Like you'd start with an outline and then you'd feed your, you can feed your literally data into outranking. It can take your data. And it can write the entire blog post using those thoughts in all of the fronts that you asked it to. It can also research on its own. Let's say we've gathered 20 pages from surplus. We've gathered many different custom sources where you've been inspired to perform certain tricks and stuff that you learned while improving your sleep. You can add all of those data sources and come up with a really informative post that is well returned or well, right? You're not looking at one source of information, but you're looking 10, 12, 13, 15 sources of information. The ideation that can come from understanding so much data is also so better, right? Because you're incorporating all of these different thoughts and things like that and building out the content. So outranking can do that. If you have your own content, that's nothing better than that, right? Like I think any tool can do that. If you have your own content, you can easily build it, build out and use any form of AI around it. But it's when you don't have sufficient amount of research and you're writing about nuances, right? Like that you still need to navigate around and you need facts and you need sources to go and validate this information. Things like that. That's when outranking comes into play, right? You, yeah, literally you can ask it to go find things to do in Milwaukee and how much time they should spend per each attraction in form of a table. It can do that all on automation, but doing the research in the background first. So it's not as fast as probably other AI tools for this specific use case because it has to research, do the research, but it can do the digging itself. And then based on the prompt that you have provided, it can write even creative around. So it's automation of research and then writing around it using chat GPT-3 like utility. And 
Is it real-time research or is it like a snapshot from a week ago or how current is the research? It's real-time research. It's real-time research. So for example, let's take this like example. You're writing about HubSpot versus MailChimp and you're literally comparing all the features. You don't only want to go to HubSpot versus MailChimp SERP results. It'll give you all identical information. There's no net new information over there. So what you do is you'd want to go and find HubSpot features. You'd want to go find HubSpot reviews. You'd want to go find MailChimp reviews, MailChimp features. Bring all of that research together and then write content around it, right? That's called true researching and writing information that's valuable. Outranking can automate this process. Got it. Okay. We're coming up towards the end. I want to double check. Are you able to go over or do you have a hard stop? I don't have a hard stop. Okay, good. So I want to, before we move on to mistakes, is there anything else around prompt writing, using these tools in general that you want to highlight? Just check your facts and don't be overly relying on these tools, right? They're great for ideation. They're great for catching you from nothing to somewhere, but to get to that finish line, right now, you're still essential part of that equation. <laughs> right now, you are still essential to that part of the equation. Rely on it as much as you need to, but yeah, heavy fact checking and a lot of figuring out whether what looks good and what looks bad is still up to us, right? Up to the person writing that wagon. So I think that's not going to change at least in the next few years. Keep that in mind and don't go out there and <laughs> create tons of crap content, right? Like it's not going to work. Yeah, I think we're probably, we're looking at an onslaught of a bunch of bad content for a short time. So hopefully we'll get past that quickly. Now, We've talked around a lot of different mistakes that people can make using an AI tool. If you want to highlight one or two or three of them that seem to be the biggest sin and we could tie a bow around some of the mistakes that people make. Like I said, I know we've talked about it in a roundabout way, but I'll let you like highlight a couple. First thing first, don't think it's connected to internet. Just because you asked it that, hey, provide me sources of where you got the information I gave it to you. It's not connected to internet. Go and click those links. You'll find out they don't work. That's the first thing I would say, because people have started thinking that it's a replacement for Google. And that's a concern because like, I, I think like they're not checking the facts, like they're not reading the information and the limitations of the product, which is it's connected to truth. It's not connected to internet. You still have to go do your own research. It can help you do some of the things. So that's the first thing that I would say. Second thing is don't try to overly perfect your prompts when you are asking these questions, right? Even if they had spelling errors or grammar errors, which are okay, should I start changing the complete meaning of this? Then you should be still okay running any prompt and be able to get a very good output, provided you gave it concise information, right? Like it doesn't have to be structured perfectly. You can tweak it and you can learn from it. You're going to have to start somewhere. So start experimenting with these prompts. If you don't get what you're looking for, try to analyze why you are not getting it from the prompt and see how you can nudge it to give you what you That's the second mistake. The third, which I cannot stress enough, is don't be stuck on a prompt because it's not giving you 100% of what you want. It will never do that, right? Like you're still, many times it will, but many times it will not in terms of the creative writing or the factual natures of how you want it to write. It might not happen. Just don't get overstuck on it. it. If it gave you a good framework that you can start running with, run with it, add and do all the other necessary things that you need to do yourself instead of constantly relying on AI and uh, running after it, right? That's not the right way to go about doing it. So first is facts. Second is, uh, I forgot my thought process, but I don't think first is factual. First is factual nature of it. The second is not overly complicating, no, not overly complicating things and not thinking that you're not good enough, right? Like many people have this language barriers even when crafting these prompts, right? I think like it's really not a problem if you have a few words which are not clear in it, right? Like you can figure that out. And the third is not getting stuck on it. The most important thing is still finishing your work or what you started, right? Like not finishing the prompt. Finishing the prompt or making the prompt look good is not the objective. Stay close to that. So those will be my three takeaways for that. Perfect. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw in one thing that's not like a specifically a mistake, but I know a lot of our audience, Pink Hill, they're writing content to publish online. 
that's great. But I've been finding the most success using ChatGPT as a little personal assistant. You alluded to it earlier, like it helps you write copy a little faster. If you need to do some organizing of data, maybe you have just a list of whatever, a list of things separated by commas and you want it in an unordered list, like you can do that pretty quick instead of having to remove the spaces and hit the return. And there's some things that you can do that are just a little bit faster with an AI tool. So last couple things. So I picked up ChatGPT after one of my friends said, it's pretty good. It's so good that actually I'm not signing up again for another month of this other AI tool that I've been using, he knows that eventually ChatGPT won't be free in beta anymore. But he said in the short term, it's doing a great job. So I'm going to cancel that. I'm curious as a co-founder of an AI tool, what impact ChatGPT has had on your business in the last six weeks? It's only been like six weeks since it came out. So it's actually affected not only more people are aware of things like ChatGPT, but they're actually scouting for it and they're coming across roadblocks, right? ChatGPT is not free and it's not allowed in many countries and things like that. So it's been positive outcome for us. Specifically, we have a differentiation, which is SEO and factual writing, which is doing the research and bringing the facts to use the, using the AI to do semantic search and bring the facts in is what we're capitalizing on because we can write facts and we can cite sources and we can give you information that is factual of nature, verified and stuff like that, which GPT-3 cannot, right? It has affected us positively because customer people who are seeking to build out SEO content using tools like this are also aware or starting to get aware of the road bumps that they'd face with chat GPD, which is of uh, it's not research, it needs to be fact-checked and things like that, which is a significant part of SEO writing is citing sources. It's telling where you got the information from or making sure that what you've got is correct and it's just not bull crap. I mean, but I would also say that if you're using chat GPT-3 and you were using email writers or you're using, I don't know, this creative idea generators and stuff like that, you can get rid of them. Cool. That makes a lot of sense to me. Now, follow up on that. So I imagine at some point soon, OpenAI will release ChatGPT. It'll be a paid version. You'll have access to the APIs because right now outranking is chat or sorry, it is GPT-3 on DaVinci 3. Is that right? Okay. 3.5. 3.5. So you'll have access to new API. So does that open up more capabilities for you? What does that mean for you as a product owner? It does open up slightly more capabilities for us, but it doesn't really do significantly anything that GPT 3.5 cannot do. If you go and see GPT 3, like the playground, they have an AI chatbot over there. It functions pretty much the same as GPT 3. If you ignore it, like more or less, it functions the same. So it's not that core of a differentiation. But the differentiation is factual writing of nature, right? Like research writing of nature, because it's still mandatory for you to go find this right set of information and bring it together before you can craft something beautiful out of it. And, and that is a mandatory process. And we're like aiming at that process. Our capabilities are improving based on the semantic search engine that we build around it in identifying these concepts and bringing it together as background research is where we are focusing mostly on. So. Not, it's not going to help us tremendously in any way, but this concept of conversational AI and how people are adapting to it, it's new. And I think that's where that's it's possibility that will adapt a conversational look of it, right? How do you interact with AI in a conversational manner rather than a strict workflow oriented manner, right? That could impact us in those particular senses. But again, like people are still learning how to craft this problems. We have an accelerator that's co that's coming up tomorrow and it will be recorded. So by the time this gets out, people can still sign up and go through that accelerator of how to create powerful prompts. But it's creating a prompt is going to be an art as well, right? So people are going to need to not only learn this new technology, but learn the nuances of this new technology that came along, comes along with it, which is learning how to do prompt engineering, prompt writing. Know it or not, right? Like you are going to have to do that. So I think we'll adapt to that, but we're sticking close to the factual nature of SEO content and making sure that we write 
around data and not just <laughs> some magic hat trick. And quick side note, that's a great answer that makes sense because the cool part with outranking is it serves a very specific audience. So it does a very specific thing. It doesn't do like a million things, but it does its thing really well for the exact right audience. And that's like a big difference between outranking and some other tools that try to do everything, most of which I don't need to do any of the other things. I just need to do the SEO content writing. The side note is I just did a live stream earlier today where I was comparing, it was Jasper chat versus the playground, open AI playground chat versus chat GPT. And Jasper chat beta was basically the same as the playground version, except it cost a whole lot more to use. And the cool part is I think the output from chat GPT was probably five to 10 X better than the playground. So it was more detailed. It was like a richer answer. So I, I think maybe when you do get a hold of those new APIs, like the answers will be better, a little bit longer, a little bit more thorough. I don't know. I, it's not like setting, like th there could be settings, right? And there could be some form of training data as well that goes behind doing some of this. And chat GPD, chat GPD, is specifically trained with this uh, this human feedback loop in it, right? So it's more conversational in nature versus chat DaVinci 3.5, right? Like it's a little different, but provided you know prompt engineering, this would not be a limitation on any AI that you understand this. If you know the nuances of how you can ask an AI to give you what you want, then no matter what AI you use, if it had the training data, same as all the others, you could still do a pretty decent job close enough in any of those systems. Especially when you're using DaVinci, where someone might have a little less temperature than the other one. Come on, it's okay. You can get by with this little differences. But yeah, it's, it is more conversational when you go to chat GPT, like because of this human feedback loop, basically. And this is how people converse with a chat system. So that's how it was built. Got it. All right, so we'll link up to the accelerator for prompt engineering that you were talking about. It will have already been recorded, but people can still access that. So Pankil, where else should people find you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or outranking.io to come register. Come to one of our webinars. We run webinars every Thursday where we show how you can use AI for SEO, specifically SEO, how you can use data derived from these capabilities of AI into the writing process and ranking. Yeah, just come find me on uh, Facebook. We have a huge community as well. There are a bunch of writers and people using Outranking. So you can find me on Facebook at, in a group called Outranking. I see content writing. My web, uh, our website, outranking.io, or I'm always available on LinkedIn. Cool. Yeah, we'll link up to all that stuff. And I'm an affiliate for Outranking. So I'll put my link out there too and it, get a commission. But I appreciate that. I know Pankill does too. So thanks, man. And <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Doc, for having me on the show. It was great talking to you.